For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, what a beautiful Friday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by G. Hey, Wiley. G. how are you doing on this beautiful Friday? Well, it's Friday. Rangers won last night. I couldn't be happier. Could not be happier. And on top of it, we have Duarte here, Michael Duarte here uh, on the show every Friday. So I, I'm super psyched because we didn't have you last week, Michael. So I'm I'm pumped. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, we are going to kind of skip the headlines because there wasn't a ton going on. It was maybe the uh, quietest day in local sports in, in the sense of uh, no Dodgers. We, we, we will touch on Shohei Otani and how I, I need to go see this guy. I mean, every time he goes to the mound, uh, it's like, you know, first time since Babe Ruth. And so, uh, but yeah, no Kings last night. We got the Kings game three in Los Angeles tonight. Uh, but Michael Duarte, how are you doing on this Friday? Well, I don't know if you can hear it from the sound of my voice, but I'm sicker than a dog right now. I've been dealing with a fever that has pierced me like a knife. And um, yeah, I just found out today, actually, before we recorded that uh, I tested positive for COVID-19. So everybody go out there and get vaccinated and boosted, unvaccinated and boosted. It still has knocked me on my behind. So um, yeah. Yeah, this is no joke. Serious Wait, stuff. So, Michael, I mean, is this uh, is this the first time that you know of that you've had COVID? Yeah, I definitely know that I never had it in the previous two plus years um, yeah. because I had, um, <clears throat> as you know, Arash, I was dating a doctor and she had these um, like antibody tests that we could always take. I had like 50 of them. Yeah. So I would take them periodically. And what it did was it would go check to see if you had the antibody. So even if I had gotten it and not known about it, the antibody test would have told me if I had them. So yeah, I'd never gotten it previously had come into contact with people who tested positive and would be like, you know, the contact tracing and I'd go get tested and I'd wait patiently to see if any symptoms come and no, never got it. But and I'm not sure how I got it this time, but uh, it, yeah, I got it. It got me and it's no joke. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, you've been very cautious this entire time. You said you were dating a doctor, but, you know, you really lived your life uh, in terms of, you know, you were in Texas for the duration of the postseason when it was there. You've been covering stuff from the Super Bowl uh, to, you know, you name it. So, um, you know, but listen, you 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 look good, Michael Duarte. Uh, you don't sound good at the moment, but we appreciate you uh, being on the show uh, today. And I'm sure by the time you're back on next week, you will um, sound fantastic. Uh, listen, before, uh, you know, you um, got COVID, you were covering the Dodgers-Giants series. Again, only a two-game series, but the first two of, I believe, 19 games that they're going to play this season. Michael, you're eight. Your thoughts on how the Dodgers have done this season. But, uh, you know, I think the expectation is once again, 
We are going to see Dodgers, Giants, perhaps even the Padres battling for the division. Your thoughts on the two-game series that they had here? Yeah, you're correct, Arash. It is 19 games this year. Uh, that number might change uh, in the coming seasons now as they're going to be kind of, you know, a, more of a fuller schedule. I think they're going to be taking away some of those division games and then opening up more international games as far yeah. as interleague games. Uh, but the Los Angeles Dodgers did do a good job in their first two games against the Giants. Uh, you know, they squeaked out a close one, a two-run game, three to one on on Tuesday, and then they beat the brakes off of them nine to one last night. And that nine to one victory was big for a couple of reasons. One, it put them as the number one team in all of baseball and run differential. They're now plus 57 on the season, which passed the, the New York Yankees as the best run differential in all of baseball. They also have the best winning percentage in the National League at 16 and seven. Uh, and are just behind the Yankees, who are at 18 and seven with the best win uh, percentage in all of baseball. So they are off to a fast, hot start as we kind of expected them to be. And, and hopefully they can maintain it as we expected them to be. And uh, we'll see, you know, we similar to that Dodgers Padres series that we saw last year, right? Where you know, the, those games were exciting. They were close. Uh, they were splitting them. The Dodgers won a few of the beginnings. Then the Padres took over. And the Padres, I believe, ended up winning the series against the Dodgers last year. And the Padres didn't even make the playoffs. So wow. we'll see how that plays out with the Giants, who, with that loss to the Dodgers yesterday, fell to fourth place in the NL West. So, wow. Arash, it looks like there's actually four teams in the <laughs> NL West, if you include the Colorado Rockies. Now, here's the funny thing, though, right? The Dodgers lost to the Diamondbacks, who... You know, even though they're they're respectable at 13 and 13 at 500 baseball right now, um, nobody thought they'd be there. They're kind of thought as one of the lower minnows uh, of the mayor of, of baseball, to be honest with you. But the Dodgers now go up against the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cubs. Both of those teams are struggling. They're well below 500. So we'll see now. This is the important part. We'll see now if they can beat up on the teams that they are supposed to beat. So that is what uh, we want to find out here as they go on the road here for the next seven. Well, Michael, what kind of a toll did playing a, a, a really playoff ball almost for 162 games? I don't think enough was talked about that, that the Dodgers, because of pride, because they had won the division so many years. I mean, it's still amazing to me, right, that they won 160, 106 games and did not win the division. But playing meaningful ball up until the last day of the season, uh, what kind of a toll did that take? That combined with the one-game playoff, combined with the five-game series against the Giants, I really think by the time they faced the Braves in the championship series, that team was toast. Yeah, that had something to do with it, of course. You know, you could argue two different things, right? That because they had to play meaningful baseball throughout the season, because they had to win, you know, I think six games in a row to end the season to have a chance at beating the Giants or tying the Giants to win the West, you know, that kept them hot, that kept them focused going into the playoff, that allowed them to beat the Cardinals in that one guard, one game wild card game that allowed them to beat uh, the, the Giants for the first time ever meeting between those two teams in the five-game NLDS they played. But also, as you mentioned, uh, the wear and tear of all those games and those kind of games, you know, was grueling on them. And so unfortunately, Max Muncy gets injured the last game of the regular season on a fluke play that we see happen all the time. But, you know, he ends up tearing his UCL uh, and, and being out. And I really think Max Muncy would have made a difference in that Atlanta Brave series. Obviously, Max Scherzer, 
pitching a lot of baseball down the stretch. You and I talked about it on this show. Yeah. You know, Dave Roberts let him in to go after a no hitter into the into the ninth inning uh, when he finally ended that run. Uh, so he, he got a little bit of arm fatigue. He wasn't able to pitch in that NLCS against the Braves that hurt them. Obviously Trevor Bauer's situation, not being available, hurt them. And that's what really happened. Kershaw, not available. Those injuries finally caught up to them in the wear and tear. You could argue that. And you could also argue it was just fluke things like with what happened to Muncie and, and Kershaw. So who knows, but, uh, yeah, I do think normally, and now we got to talk about the fact that there's a new playoff right in MLB yeah. this year. So it was a 12 team playoff this time around. So, you know, if the Dodgers finish with 106 wins, uh, and the giants still win the division, their victory prize is not a one game wild card. They'd have a three game series with presumably the five seed in that case. So that could yeah. be a better matchup for them. It'll still be the division winners going one, two, and three. Uh, but they would be the four seed in that situation. If they had 106 wins, uh, they'd have home field and stuff like that. So it might play a little bit differently had they had the same record in the same situation this year than they did last year. What's your vibe with the uh, team this year? I think it's great that reporters like you get to go into the clubhouse because you have such a connection with the, this team. And I thought, you know, for, uh, you know, two years where you were covering the team via Zoom, I mean, it was really hard to get a sense of what the feel was like with the clubhouse. Um Again, you know, a weird question having, you know, just found out that you have uh, COVID, but you guys wear masks and things like that. What has it been like to cover the team this year? What's the vibe with the team this season? I have to say, I am so glad we wear masks because. No, yeah, right. Knock on wood. I don't know how many players over the last two days of being in the clubhouse. Um you know, I might have saved from getting COVID or something, perhaps because I'm in there, maybe positive already with no symptoms um, and around these guys. And I'm wearing a mask. I'm not touching them. I'm not getting close enough so that they would have that. But uh, A, it's good just to be back in the clubhouse, but I'm glad they enforced that mask rule because I am one of those people who could have been positive the last two days and didn't know that uh, and was in the clubhouse and close to these players. Now, as far as the vibe in the clubhouse, it's good, you know. Uh, Freddie Freeman is a veteran that a lot of guys are listening to. They've put him directly next to Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, uh, some of these players that can kind of pick his brain. Uh, Kenley Jansen is no longer there anymore. They've put kind of all the relievers together. So guys uh, like Alex Vesia, Phil Bickford, these guys can now pick the brain of a, of a all-time veteran closer like Craig Kimbrell, who I think is, you know, among the current active players who is the lead leaders in saves in Major League Baseball. So they've done a good job as far as where they've put people's lockers this year so that they can kind of learn from the guys around them. Um, and that's a big part of it. Now, as you know, and I'm sure you talked about on your show, we got some sort of, um, how do I phrase this? Uh, we got some sort of affirmation at least, or, or at least a idea of maybe what is going to happen with Trevor Bauer now yeah. with his, with his two year suspension. Uh, so even if he appeals, whether it's successfully or not, it seems like he will not be in that clubhouse at all this year, which was a question mark potentially, you know, 10 days ago. So I think that's a good thing because I think he is at this point a distraction and, and, and could potentially be a disruptor of that clubhouse, which right now seems to be pretty good. Now, I will say this, the day that the news of Trevor Bauer's two year suspension came down, I rushed over to Dodger Stadium early to get clubhouse access and yeah. not a single player <laughs> came out yeah. for, for that one hour window to be able to speak to the media. The only player that came out was Clayton Kershaw. 
And when we went up to him and started to kind of say, Hey, how you doing? He was like, Hey guys. And we're like, so did you hear about Bauer? He was like, yeah, I'm not talking about that. And he rushed back. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, I'm sure the players are not happy that we're allowed to be in there with or without masks because uh, as Cody Bellinger told me during those two years where we were not allowed in the clubhouse, the clubhouse was the place to be before games. People were playing video games. They were playing mm. cards. They were reading, they were talking, they were hanging out. And now they are back to the Chase Utley school of how to dodge the media uh, <laughs> during the open clubhouse section by finding things to do, whether that's watching video in the weight room, eating, getting treatment in the jacuzzi or hot tub. So they're finding ways to, to dodge and dart us going to and fro like a dragonfly in the summer, right? You know, because we were talking about that, you, me, and Nick Hamilton, and I think at least we were of the same belief that we didn't think that that we would be allowed back uh, into the clubhouse and into the locker rooms, that they would use this as sort of a reason to say, hey, you guys have been able to do your job for uh, two-plus years. The fact that the National Football League and Major League Baseball have opened up uh, clubhouses and locker rooms with the, the National Football League that will be for this upcoming season, I believe it. you, you can't have the NBA and certainly hockey not do that. So amazingly, you know, and this is a pleasant surprise, I think, for me and perhaps you that, 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 that it has come back, really. Yeah. And you know, this is something you and I have discussed ad nauseum over the last couple of years. Nick and I were debating this from the day from, yeah. from COVID shutdown, March 9th, 2020, day one, that Nick said, we'll never get back in these locker rooms again. Nick taking the pessimistic side of things where I was taking the more optimistic side of things saying, no, no, no. At some point they'll do what they did. And if you recall this, Arash, that game, the Lakers versus the Brooklyn Nets before yeah, the, the NBA game. shut down, uh, COVID cases were going up. Things had been changing. Uh, Rudy Gobert hadn't tested positive, but we knew it was kind of, you know, and as inevitable as, as a dog that barks at a cat across the window, that this would be something that happened. And so what they did was they socially distanced us in the press conference room down right. there at now the crypto.com arena uh, when we were doing the pregame uh, talks with, with Coach Vogel at the time. And then now LeBron and AD after the game, they pushed us back and gave more space. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, Nick, at the very least, if we're not in the locker rooms again, then it's going to be like this. We're still going to be face to face close to them. But I couldn't have predicted a, a potential be on Zoom all the time. But I will say uh, when this new CBA was negotiated between the MLB Players Union and the owners, I was really happy that they negotiated that we as the media and journalists would be back in the locker room. And as I just stressed in a uh, guest lecture I did at UCI that I told you about, yeah. I, to I, I told them the same thing, you know. That, that why I love doing what I do, why I'm so passionate about it nine years into it, why I'm not burnt out from sports and I'm still addicted to sports just like I was as a kid is simply because of the storytelling aspect of it. The fact that these are this is unscripted storytelling right here in sports where you can never write or predict what's going to happen. And then I'm so fortunate and lucky enough, as are you, to tell the stories of these players, of these characters, of these teams, uh, and of the fans and of the people around them. And the best way I'm able to do that is to kind of Go seek them out, right? Go ask the players, go talk to them, get these questions. And I wasn't able to do it the way I normally could and as good as I could during COVID when we couldn't get in the locker room. So being able to go back in the locker room again changes the game for me. Uh, it, it inspires and encourages that passion I have to, to be a storyteller and tell stories again. And I'm just glad that now I'm able to do that and do it to the best of my ability. Um Michael, thank you so much for uh, being the uh, Michael Jordan of uh, um, having a Michael Jordan <laughs> flu game for us today. 
Um, I, I know you're not feeling feeling it and feeling so well. You mentioned Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, and obviously we all know this two game suspension is hit, probably hitting him hard and um, hitting um, at least finally g- giving like, two years. Yeah, I said that, didn't I? Did I not say two years? You said two days. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, two days. Sorry, sorry, two months. Oh my gosh, two years, two years. This two years suspension. This two, he wishes it was know, two, right? two days. Or this two, two, knowing this Trevor two, Bauer, he'd still fight two days. No, exactly, right? Well, this two year suspension that Bauer has. Um, has finally put some fin- finality for the Dodgers, um, and I'm sure he's going to fight it and t- tooth and nail. Uh, with that being said, he's obviously not going to put on a Dodger uniform. Uh, do you think that if if and when he does either fight this and it gets decreased or if wh- whatever the case may be, it, it, will he be still be in Major League Baseball being the ever so pessimist and or um, optimist? And will he, um, and if so, where will he go? <laughs> to answer your question, there's only three ways this is now going to go, which is what I was trying to explain to Rosh. We got some clarity, some information. We got a little <laughs> bit um, of an idea now of where this is headed with Bauer. So I, I don't, I think it is not a coincidence that his suspension was two years. I think the Dodgers and Major League Baseball had something to do with this. I think the fact that Trevor Bauer refused to, was the only player, by the way, of 16 players, he's the 16th player to have been suspended under the domestic violence policy uh, that was implemented, I believe, in 2015. He is the only player of the 16 previously to not negotiate with MLB on his suspension. That is because Trevor Bauer believed he did absolutely no wrongdoing. Uh, He denies all of these, these cases. He says he did not at all break any part of the the domestic violence policy that that is in place and the sexual assault policy. And so he wouldn't, as as we just joked about, whether it's two days or two years, he wouldn't have taken any sort of suspension. Whereas if he had worked with them, he missed 99 regular season games uh, up until the day the suspension was announced and 111 if you include the playoffs. According to my sources, Major League Baseball would have taken the 99 games out of that two years had he been willing to negotiate with them, which would have dropped that down to like 200 and something, uh, which would mean he would probably miss all of this year and would be back at some point towards the tail end of next year. Uh, he didn't want that at all. So now there's three things that are going to happen as he fights this and appeals this. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to try to get an expedited appeal on this. Uh, I've been told that he's heading out to Europe, so he's going to take a nice vacation here soon. But um, my guess is, as I said, three choices, three options. Option one is the appeal is upheld by an independent arbitrator in this case. There's going to be three judges in the room, one for Major League Baseball, one from the Players Association, and one independent arbitrator uh, who will be deciding Trevor Bauer's fate. And it will either be upheld completely if they're able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, Trevor Bauer did violate the the domestic violence and sexual assault policy that is in place by these two unions and that there is uh, a reason and there's warranted for such a long two-year suspension. Uh, the other thing is that they completely throw it out and Trevor Bauer and his legal team are able to prove that no, he did not violate this domestic violence policy. If that's the case, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the Dodgers uh, it depends on when that decision is announced, but I think the Dodgers are hoping they can get it pushed to the end of this this season. 
uh, so that if it is just one more season left on Bauer's contract in 2023, I think they'd 100% feel comfortable cutting him at that point and never letting him pitch in a Dodgers uniform again. Uh, and then the third option, which I think is probably the most likely going to happen, which is that they are going to be able to say that he did violate this domestic violence policy, sexual assault policy by the Major League Baseball Players Association and the union and the owners. He did violate it even though he might have not been charged with a crime, even though the restraining order against the, the victim in San Diego was not extended. They're all going to be able to prove that the way the law is written, that he was able to violate it. But he's going to be able to prove that there is no precedent for a two-year suspension when the range of suspensions for the 15 other previous people who violated it was between 15 games and 162 games. My guess is at that point, the independent independent arbitrator will do what we saw with Alex Rodriguez, which is where they find a number in between and they drop it down. Maybe it'll be a year suspension. And again, at that point, I then think the Dodgers have no problem cutting him at that point and letting him go. And so to answer your question, will a team then pick him up? Um, I wouldn't honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they are. I'm looking at you, the Houston Astros. I'm looking at you, the New York Yankees, who signed previous guys who broke this policy. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did and they took a flyer on him. But I, I honestly hope he doesn't pitch in baseball again. Yeah. Michael, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining us. That's all. The, uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by Los Angeles Football Club head coach Steve Trudnolo right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to win tickets to tonight's Kings game, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Okay, joining us now on our guest hotline, the head coach of your Los Angeles football club, Steve Chirano. Steve Chirano. Steve, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for coming back on. You guys are the best team in Major League Soccer right now. 7-1-1 one, one, following nine games. Steve, what has been the key to your success so far? Um, well, it's probably more of a question for the players. Um, <laughs> players are the ones out there uh, performing and, and doing what they do. I think um, what we've been able to do this season is to, to identify um, you know some some things in training we want to work on to, to put our players in the positions to be able to win games and to perform well, um, and then mixing and matching you know the personalities. And I think the biggest change of all has been in the off season of, of rebuilding the roster a little bit. Um, we had a bunch of changes, and then to be able to get out of the gate so quickly after having that many changes in the off season isn't standard, um, but that would speak for the group and how good of a group they are. And so. Um, you know, that, that goes along as well, a long way as well to win games. You have to have uh, camaraderie and leadership, and we have exactly that. So your first place in the Western Conference, Philadelphia first place in the East. You guys play each other Saturday night in Los Angeles. I know it's the, the next game, and you don't want to put too much emphasis on one game, but what is the significance, again, of having a big-time game like this? Uh, well, it's always great to play good games, um, and we we love 
uh, competition and challenges. And this is exactly that. It's a team who uh, is really hard to beat, um, very hardworking, um, pragmatic in their offensive movement, um, but with very little, they can score a lot of goals. So it's a really good test for us, and we enjoy, like I said, a good challenge. Um, but regarding the tables and, and you know where we'll be at the end of the season, I think it's too premature to be speaking about that. This is the 10th game of the season of a 34-year, a 34-game season, so uh, we'll focus just on this one game and not on the bigger picture. Steve, we talked about this when you took the job. The atmosphere um, that you guys have when you play at home, the bank, is unlike anything that we've seen in Los Angeles sports, whether you go to the Dodgers or the Lakers. I mean, the, the passion of the fans, and again, it's going to be at a fever pitch on Saturday night. Talk about that home field advantage. Now you've seen it in person. How much does it help your group, your side, when you play there? Well, when we when we get up on teams and score goals, it's it's an incredible help. Um, it really, really takes the wins out of the tails of opponents, um, and so it can be a huge advantage uh, if we make it one. Um, so it's uh, it's it's for me truly incredible to see them be a part of uh, goosebumps every single week. If I had this growing up as a kid, then <laughs> I've said it before. I don't think I would have ever gone to Europe. Yeah, um, this is everything you would ever want and need. And professional football club. Um, it's truly an honor to be a part of it and an amazing being um, having a small role on this. Your bench has been such a key factor to your success so far this season. What has been your philosophy in terms of substitutes? Because when they come in, Steve, they, they, they fit in so seamlessly and they've had such an impact on the game. So what, what, what's been your the philosophy in terms of your substitutes? Well, I think it's... Um, to get to the bottom, and I think if to look deeper and not just to the substitutes, I think you know the, the players who start the game do an excellent job of putting our group in a place where we can finish games off in the last 30 to 25 or 20 minutes. Um, and that's where our subs come in. The second part of it is we have a deep roster. We have real quality on the bench. And the third factor, I believe, is the way we have approached the group. And we've said, listen, we don't know who the hero will be, but somebody will be. And we have a roster full of starters and everybody will have their moment to do their job. And when it's your job to start, um, you know, you work as hard as you can, as fast as you can, because we have guys on the bench who will come in and, and uh, finish the job. So it's really been a sharing of responsibilities. And, and that message was transparent and clear from day one. And the players, uh, you know, have, have been fantastic at grasping that and embracing it. And we've seen the results. Coach, again, thank you so much for joining us. This is Jihei, um, the producer, co-host, whatever you want to call me. Um, the uh, the atmosphere, um, like Arash said earlier, I finally went to a game. I know the last time we talked, I had not gone to an LAFC game. I finally went to a game, and that that atmosphere, that I don't know if you want to call it a vibe, as the kids say, is something that you just can't duplicate. Um, Having finally been to a home game, Angel City has not opened their season yet in the in the bank. They did have their first game on Friday. They did, ha- but they did have their first game on Friday, but in North Carolina against the Courage. Um, I'm sure you're focusing on you know what your squad can do um, in order to win the MLS Cup and to win games. But did you watch the game and what were your thoughts on um, Angel City and and what they're doing so far? Um, I did see the results and the game. I was not um, at the bank watching, um, but I plan on going this Sunday for their next uh, for their next home game. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, it's a good team. 
Um, it's a great organization already. We are ecstatic to have them be playing at the bank or to play in the same building. Um, it's what this city needs um, to have a women's team as well and a very good one at that. So we're really proud of them for starting off so well. And I look forward to um, feeling the atmosphere this weekend uh, on Sunday. Steve, you talked about putting together this team this season. What is, if you can even say it, what what is the key to building that that culture? Again, this team is connected so quickly, uh, you know, through the first nine games of the season. When you were putting together the the a team, what were you looking for? We were looking for balance in the roster. Um, we wanted to maintain the club's DNA, which is to attack and to score goals. But we fully understood the, the responsibilities and transition defensively and, and defensive organization. And we were looking to balance the roster out a little bit in those regards. Um, and I think we did a good job. Well, I can't wait for the game this upcoming weekend. And Jihei's going to try to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh, my gosh, of course. I mean, the again, just what you guys are doing is just incredible. And just bringing W's to uh, Los mm-hmm. Angeles, is it's even more the cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, I, I, I know that you're, I, again, I know every single coach focuses on game per game per game, but is there anything that you can tell us um, about the possible matchup that we might see in the playoffs with Philly in first place in the East and you guys in first place in the West? Are we looking at maybe a possible future MLS, you know, championship matchup? I hate to disappoint you, but I will not look that far ahead. <laughs> Well, Steve, we are, we are thrilled that you're back on the show. We, we're going to give you some good luck because we're on the air in San Diego, your hometown, Las Vegas, where you were last year. Uh, so best of luck, Steve, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. No, Take thank, care. thank you so much for your time. All right. Thanks again to LAFC coach Steve Chirundolo. Um, Listen, he didn't want to take any credit, Jihei, but he did win Major League Soccer's Coach of the Week. He's done an absolutely fantastic job. Again, first year on the job, was coaching in Las Vegas a year ago. They're in first place, and so that's going to be a big matchup. 8 p.m. start time Saturday, Philadelphia Union versus the Los Angeles Football Club. Which game? So you went to a game this season? I went to a game last season. Last season, Yeah, I okay. went to a game last season. Um, be, um, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. I, I highly encourage anybody, if you haven't gone to the bank yet, go. It's, oh, yeah. It is worth it. It is so, so phenomenal. They do a great job. They did an amazing job of just bringing everybody in, kind of being inclusionary too, Yeah, right? Um, they do such an amazing job in terms of like pregame. They uh, have these big tarps of like pictures that they've painted or drawn or something along those lines. It is that 3252 is a standing section. I always tell people, even if you don't want to stand there, Go check it out because, again, gee, there's no seats there. Yeah. Now, they can pull out seats if they're going to have a concert or some kind of a show. But during the matches, they those seats are are um, pushed up and blocked. You, you cannot physically sit in that section. You have to stand the entire time. I will tell you, though, do not wear something nice because when there is a goal scored... Uh, there's beer, all over. <laughs> beer everywhere, beer everywhere. No, so did you sit in that section when you went, or where were so? You go? Unfortunately, I was in the bougie part because uh, <laughs> oh, I have. Uh, yeah, you're you're in the suites. 
Uh, kind of. So, um, you, I don't know if you know the the area. Yeah, I guess you would technically call it the suite. So or the club area. Or yeah, yeah, I was more in the club area. So you know when you walk in um, and you get your wristband and you go into the club area, there's you know an all you can eat area. Like yeah. you can, um, we were able to eat and basically drink beer and wine for free. Oh, um, it was all go. inclusionary in there. So um, I had a great time. It was a very last second ticket that I got um, from a friend. So. Um, I couldn't say no. I, I just, I had to go. You always get these great tickets from friends. You're either like <laughs> right on the glass for a Kings game, center ice, or like in a club area for uh, soccer with the, you know, free food and wine, wine. drinks. Yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it's nice to have rich <laughs> friends. It is really, really nice because I can't afford those seats, guys. Like no, it yeah. was just, it was something that was just given to, it was like one of those passed down to a friend and oh, that's good. they just had an extra ticket and we're like, do you want to go? Like we know that you're really into sports and you've never been to an LAFC game and I was like this is definitely a check mark off the bucket yeah. list I know a lot of my other friends out there who have been Galaxy fans from Jump are like why don't you just go to those games that's what I don't get it's, here's the thing when they said okay Chivas USA is no more and right. they did such a bad job with that team in terms of like it, it wasn't Chivas it was Chivas USA yeah. like we're gonna rebrand this team it's the Los Angeles Football Club I'm like alright the Galaxy has been here since the inception of Major League Soccer since 1996 they've won five Major League Cups, Jihad. No team has won more than them. They are the most successful franchise in this league's history. They've had Landon Donovan. They've had David Beckham. They've had Robbie Keane. They got the history. They got the championships. The LAFC, they found a way to put themselves on the same level. And there's some fans who would say, well, they're greater than. I mean, I, they're, they're, if they're not greater than, they are neck and neck. And I've never seen a team come into this market and do that because generally speaking, you do have a tiered system. You have the Lakers and then you get the Clippers. You get the Dodgers and then you get the, the, the Angels, uh, Kings, Ducks, even the Rams and Chargers. The LAFC has done such an amazing job of marketing themselves as Los Angeles's team. And, you know, and part of that is the fact that they, that the bank is in downtown Los Angeles is right next to the Coliseum. It's in the heart of Los Angeles. And there's so many fans that really hang their hat on. Well, you go to a galaxy game, but that's all the way in, in Carson. So, They've done an amazing job on that front. So I didn't go to a pregame because, again, this was these were last-minute seats, and sure. I haven't been back yet, and I really, 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 really want to go back. Like, I emphasize the, the really, uh, yeah. like, tenfold. Um, what do they do for pregame? Well, so they have this condor that, you know, flies out, does, like, a circle around the bank, and kind of comes back to the person who is holding the glove or whatnot. And sometimes they have a celebrity, some of their celebrity uh, will... Um, why am I blanking on his name? Will Farrell mm -hmm. is one, one of the owners, owners right? and so he'll do it. Uh, but then that thirty-two fifty-two will unravel or untarp a big picture. Okay. And so you know, after Kobe and Gianna passed away, like there was this beautiful mural that they untarped of them, and so they just do an amazing job pregame. And uh, there's like a tailgate. Pre-game, food, drinks, amazing. I mean, it's, it's just a fun atmosphere. And I keep telling people, like, even if you're not a soccer fan, go out there and enjoy yourself. And just, we don't have anything like that in Los Angeles in terms of that rowdy, rabid fan base. Yeah, you know what this reminds me of? And it's not the exact same level, but it reminds me of Showtime. It reminds me of Showtime Lakers and the showmanship that they bring to, you know, 
they're entertaining you. They're really, truly really entertaining. I guess you. the one difference is with the Showtime Lakers, the product on the court was so fantastic, and yes. the fans were were were, were cheering. The interesting thing about the bank, and in particular the thirty-two fifty-two, is it's a European. Like we don't have a section in Los Angeles where people stand the entire time. Now you have a student section for college football with USC, for example. Yeah, but they're not standing the entire time in the student the section. Students are, but we don't in, in professional sports. When you go through again. You can't ex- compare college kids to professionals. 100%. These are grown uh, people, <laughs> grown adults, standing and cheering and doing chants and singing. It's it's. We don't have anything like that. And for Steve Trundolo to come in here and say, if we had this when I was a kid, when I was growing up in Southern California, I wouldn't have gone to Germany. I wouldn't have gone to Hanover. Now, maybe he still would have because it's a fantastic atmosphere in the German Bundesliga. But I mean, the fact that he was like, I wish we had that. And uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing atmosphere. And this Saturday night, tomorrow night's a matchup against Philadelphia. He didn't want to touch on it because, again, we're not even 10 games into the season. But it's the best team in the East, the best team in the West. It could be a preview of the championship. No, I definitely think that it can be. I mean, especially if they keep playing the way that they are and, you know, injuries aren't aren't a factor. Um, and also, this program has found a way, this, this franchise has found a way to keep those people loyal. Yeah. Like, once you are an LAFC fan, you are an LAFC fan. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't waver and you don't go back and are like, okay, well, I'll just root for the Galaxy because the Galaxy are in the yeah. playoffs and my team isn't. They will, they are die hard, man. Mm-hmm. Like, they... Like you said, with all the sections that are just a standalone section, they will stand the entire game. It's That's amazing. a long game. That's yeah. a long time to stand. Yeah, you know, for for your team, and the music is constant. It's, yeah. It is. It's it the never drums, ends. Just, yeah. It never ends, but it's awesome. I love it, you know. And he's right. Like this is the this is the only equivalent of European soccer. Yeah, to, to we don't us have in LA. Like that here, no, you know? no, it's and awesome though. Again, I highly encourage. And this is not a pl- this is not a major plug for, you know, LAFC or for no, bank just go, or anything. Go, just go just to go a check game. It out, you yeah, know? yeah. We are not getting paid to, to tell you to go to no. to the bank and and watch a game. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Just, yeah, had the greatest time there. Well, listen, uh, this weekend, Jihei, is Mother's Day. And we both love our moms. Um, tell me, do you have anything planned? I always love when you go out with your mom because you guys post a picture together. This weekend is Mother's Day on Sunday, right? Yes. What will you be doing with so your I mom? So w- I will be taking her to a place in Redondo uh, because she refuses to tell me what she wants, where she <laughs> wants to go and eat. But my mom is so low maintenance. She's so sweet. She'll eat anything. <laughs> like nice. she's she's the least pretentious person on the planet other than your mother. Oh, um, yes. Thanks who's one of my favorite people on the planet uh, who, and also who raised two wonderful, amazing sons that are just so great. But yeah, no, we will be going out to dinner because I have to work in the morning as normal. And then um, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll, I'm going to try to go to church because that's what my gift to her normally is, yeah. but she gets dinner. So, and she doesn't really want flowers or right. anything like that, a card or anything. So, but I probably will give it to her anyways because it's my mom. Right? But yeah, yeah, no, my mom actually doesn't have social media so she doesn't know that she's posted all over instagram and facebook i think she has a facebook page but i doubt she looks at it so i don't know yeah. if she even sees those oh, pictures well, yeah. that are right there <laughs> she sends me pictures via text okay so she, like those are the ones that she sends me and she knows that exist she doesn't even know that 
you know, I was like, oh, I'm posting on Instagram, mom. She's like, okay. I mean, you have to realize my mom is 73, yeah. like 73, 74 years old. So social media is like, a not, not, no, <laughs> she is not. I, I actually did a whole entire uh, thing on TikTok with her or like um, where you would disturb your faces or whatever. Yeah. Like you would swap out and or you'd be a dog and she didn't. Yeah, she was just like, what is this? Like, I have no, what are we doing right now? So yeah, no, I will be definitely spending Mother's Day with my mom. I love, um, I love her. She's, I would, I, we all obviously wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our moms. Yeah. So love uh, mom. can't wait. What about you? Any, so, any major plans? Going out uh, to see my mom for brunch on Saturday. And the reason uh, doing it on Saturday is my brother is leaving for his honeymoon on Sunday. And he got married last a week on Sunday and so they you know stayed home uh, for a week and then off to their honeymoon so gonna see mom for brunch tomorrow and um, probably gonna go to the bank I definitely want to go see this game you know Jihei and so we'll we'll see if I get to do that but yeah you know the cool thing is uh, my cousin sent me a picture of uh, me when I was a child with my mom and it's just kind of a cool thing to um, see but it, it was great to see her at the wedding and my brother is 11 years younger but just to see her kind of uh you know see her child get married that was a really cool thing so again wanted my brother to be a part of that so we're going to do brunch saturday instead of sunday I'll, I'll certainly call my mom on uh sunday but just a fun uh, time of year where you can kind of thank mom for everything that they've done and and uh, yeah, she she tunes in. She always asks about you. Uh, She's the best. So, so, <laughs> the yeah, best. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I first met your mom That's too. Right. She was just so nice. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I was a little. I was, was a, a little wine, a few wines <laughs> deep. So God bless your mom for being no, so patient with me when I when I first met her. Um, yeah, I th I think I tried to eat and, and no, you know, it's good. but uh, no, she was just so kind, just so generous, just so sweet, so loving, and um, she embraces all of your friends too. Like no. No, uh, no candor. Like she's just so great. She she's is so sweet. And I think you know it was so much fun at the wedding seeing her connect with all my brother's friends and and uh, again she's just she's just a very happy person. And I think both of our moms have like amazing smiles and these great personalities and that they're just happy and yeah. I think that's where we get are just we're, we're just happy um yeah as my mom would say everything's a beautiful so yeah <laughs> she, uh your, your mom is definitely a beautiful soul i feel like our parents haven't met each other each other well, yet so we, so gotta, we, we gotta, gotta, we gotta definitely do that, do that at yeah. some point bring the moms <laughs> together um oh, they would love each other yeah. like they, they have both have great smiles great laughs uh they both love life so yeah we're, we're, we're gonna have a good time with our moms this weekend all right, it's been another amazing week. We have some surprises in store for you. Don't want to ruin it, but we have some big guests coming up next week. So with all that said, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.